Welcome, what, to another episode, what, of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. What? Nah, this podcast is brought to you by the LMG Podcast Network. All right, folks, welcome back. This is another week uh, to discuss all things wrestling. Um, now, of course, we're going to, we got some exciting things to talk about. Uh, some not so exciting things, but we'll kind of touch on that. But you know how we start? We start with the matches of the week. The matches of the week um, this week. Uh, uh, one of them was on Crown Jewel, which we will go dig a little deeper into later. But Seth versus Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, really good match. Began the uh, festivities in Crown Jewel, so we'll kind of touch on that when we review the pay per view as a whole, and then. Um, I actually got done watching the recent episode of Raw, so I kind of I'm gonna ingrain that into this episode. So Ricochet, that four way, uh, I guess the four way number one contender match for the Intercontinental Championship, Ricochet versus Brunson Reed versus Ivar versus The Miz, really really good match, really fun. Uh, you know everybody got to get their time. We'll talk about that as well. And then as well as the main event, Sammy versus Seth, Sammy Zayn versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight title, a really fun match. And we'll kind of dig into these a little deeper uh, as we review Crown Jewel, excuse me, and Monday Night Raw, latest episode. So, all right, let's review Crown Jewel. Now, if, if you followed along, you know, if you are a consistent listener to the podcast, which if, if so, I appreciate it. Um you know, when we do reviews, we kind of dedicate it solely to that pay-per-view. You know what I mean? I have a guest. We break down each match, go thoroughly into it. It's like an hour and a half. Cool, cool, cool. I'll be honest. Crown Jewel Ditch didn't ditch didn't do it for me. So I was just like, nah, we're not. I'm not going to dedicate everything to it. Um, this felt like a souped-up version of a Raw. Or, I mean, obviously, it had... Roman Reigns, you know what I mean? It had all the champions. It had big matches. Big match, at least you thought it was. It had a big card for names. It just didn't feel like it's, uh, it didn't feel like the occasion you thought it would. And we'll talk about why that's the case. I kind of have some theories on why that why it fell a little flat for most people. Um, like most people are saying Crown Jewel has been, is probably the worst pay-per-view so far this year, which honestly – they're they're really they're batting a really good percentage, right? In the Vince days, it was like you got about maybe four or five good pay per views uh, on an entire year calendar year. Whereas with Triple H, just like two or three might miss throughout the year, but the rest of them are really good. You know what I mean? Good to great. You know, so I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, and at least with the with the cards that they built, I feel like they did a good job of building the card. It's just you know there were some factors there that kind of limited things. So. All right, first, like I said, we'll start out with Crown Jewel. The first match in Crown Jewel was the World Heavyweight Championship match, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. It lived up to the billing. Um, when you see those two names, you kind of expect a really, really good match, and that's what we got. Um, it was really hard-hitting. Drew looks really good. Um, Seth did a really good job of like selling for Drew, and Drew was attacking the back, but, you know, not in a heel way, but in a like a you know, in a strategical way that didn't seem like he was a heel or anything. Like he was trying to win due to the back. He was trying to just win, you know. And it, and it, they did a really good job of telling the story. 
And again, Drew just looked really good. And I like the story they're telling with Drew because, you know, like I talked about before, going into the match, Drew was like making all these excuses, which most of them were valid and had a lot of like, you know, turmoil going into the match because he was like, I've never really got a fair shot at the title since I won it during the pandemic because every time I've got a chance since, someone's cheated the bloodline, judgment, you know what I mean? So many different things has affected him getting a championship, a true championship title shot. And this was his time. And uh, Seth Rollins, as we know, came out with the victory. So he, And it was clean. There was no cheating, nothing. So it was clean. So uh, when the match was over, you could definitely tell Drew was like, you know, in his head a little bit like, man, like I thought, you know, I made all these, you know, stories in my head, all these narratives in my head, but I, I took a clean loss. Like, I really have nowhere to go from here. So they're really telling a good story with him. Uh, matter of fact, on, on Monday Night Raw, he showed up, pulled up. The interviewer was trying to, you know, hey, you know, Drew, I know you lost, you know, against Seth Rollins, but what what's kind of next for you? And he looked like distraught. Not distraught, but he looked like, nah, I'm not doing this. Like, I can't handle this. And then he got back in his car and left. Um, so you can definitely tell they're telling the story of, like, how it's how this – possibly could be the thing that kind of turned him fully heel, uh, which I'm excited about. Um, but yeah, really good match. Seth versus Drew was a great way to start the event. Um, the crowd was semi into it. Um, we'll talk about that a little more, but they were kind of into it. This definitely deserved a better crowd. This is one of those matches that definitely deserved a better crowd, uh, but a really good opening match in our Second match, we had the world, uh, the women's world championship fatal five way match, which is kind of a rare type of match, honestly, especially in the women's division. Um, but they have the depth to do it, so they had Rhea Ripley defend her title against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to give I forget to give my ratings for Seth versus Drew. I give that one a seven and a half, uh, or I'll give that an eight. I'll give that an eight. Sorry. I'll give that an eight. Uh, for this women's world championship fatal five-way match, I give this about a probably a six. Uh, maybe I'll give it a six and a half. Um, and it's kind of due to just Rhea. Um, I thought Zoe Stark looked pretty good. Shayna Baszler looked solid. But Nia and Raquel really, really stood out in not so good ways. Um and I will say the setup of the match was pretty good. Now, I will say I am so tired of this, of of these multi-women matches where they have the the classic spot where they kind of all, you know, there's, uh, let's say it's Rhea and Shayna Baszler on the, on the top rope, and Rhea's about to suplex Shayna Baszler. Okay, and then now Raquel jumps up there, and they're doing a double uh, suplex. Well, then now the next person has to grab both Raquel and Rhea and slam them down like it's a powerball. They've done that every multi-woman match. Every single one, they've done that spot. And it's like, dude, that is – you got to move on. Like, it was cool the first time we saw it, but, like, that's not a thing that we're, we want to watch anymore. Like, let's stop doing that spot. It's just not a good one. And uh, it's, I'm kind of over that. They actually did it today, fun, or rarely, funny enough, uh, in the men's match, which I'm annoyed with that too. But anyways, yeah, Rhea really really held it together. I mean, really held this thing with scotch tape and glue, honestly. Like, um, it was a lot of timing issues. But 
again, real real look like a million bucks. Her interest was dope. She she looked like it looked like kind of a um kind of a Halloween type costume. Like it looked like she was uh paying homage to the crow. If any of you younger people know have ever watched The Crow, the sitcom, uh, that's kind of what inspired Sting to go uh with the you know silent, you know, black and white sting. But she looked like the crow off the off the show, and it looked really cool, man. And so the presentation was there. Her music always slaps. Um, she's looked like a million bucks, so she looked like a star. At least felt like okay, this match had a star feel, dude, or just her. Now I will say the crowd. I mean, the crowd. I don't know if there was a law put in place before this match that said you will not, you know, cheer for women's wrestling. But man, this crowd was dead silent. I mean, dead silent. And it was just like, damn, bro. Like, y'all can't cheer for women wrestling? Like, you already got them covered up from, you know, you know, from every inch of their hair to their toenails. You know what I mean? So you can't even cheer for them now? Yeah, man. That Like, the, the match wasn't bad. It just fell even – it felt more flat because there was no crowd re- interaction, no crowd participation. Um, they weren't even in on the counts, none of that on the pin counts, none of it. And it was just like, man, like this doesn't feel like a championship match. It doesn't even feel like a pay-per-view. This feels like some random town on a Monday night raw where the crowd just decided to just check out and start watching Monday night football on their phone or something, you know? And so, yeah, Rhea did a really good job. Thought again, Rhea sold Zoe Stark's finishing move best, better than anybody. Rhea is the best seller of any of any re- women's wrestler in WWE. I put her, EO, EO Sky. Uh, they're just the best at it. Uh, Bianca's up there too. Like they just sell really well. And I, honestly, they need to teach some of these other ladies how to sell because uh, even when you're not athletic, you should know how to sell. And um, but yeah, Rhea sold her her finish really, really well. But Rhea ends up getting the win clean. And um, yeah, really cool spot at the end where Rhea's up there, has Zoe Stark in her finisher on the riptide, kind of halfway through the riptide, she's gonna do it off the top rope. Uh, I believe Raquel starts pinning uh Shayna Baszler, and then Rhea does the riptide on top of Raquel Rodriguez while doing it to break up the pin. She basically uses the riptide to break the pin off the top rope and then pins Shayna Baszler, who was at the bottom of the pile, kind of got the worst of it. So it was a really cool spot there. A really cool. You, you could tell the producer had a really good idea. Um, I thought the producer did a good job. Whoever set that match up did a good job. It was just, you're kind of working with, you know what I mean? It's kind of like when you're coaching and you're giving some stiff ass players you got to work with what you work with, you know, what you're given. And Raquel and Naya are just have a lot of limitations. Even Shayna sometimes, man, she was, bro, uh, Rhea did a riptide to her. And I swear Shayna did, Shayna made Rhea like deadlift her. Shayna didn't help not one bit. Like <laughs> she's done that a few times to a few people. Like I've seen Rhea hit the riptide on people much bigger than Shayna Baszler. But when she does it to Shayna, I mean, that thing is a struggle, bus. That thing is a struggle. And I'm like, damn, like Shayna must not be helping whatsoever. She's just like dead, dead weight. Um, but it was an okay match. Again, six and a half out of ten. Um, next match, we had John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. This was more of a passing of the torch, sort of a, um, you know, John Cena putting somebody, another 
you know, future guy over. Um, solid match. I guess it did what he need to do. I wasn't really excited about this one. I'm, I'm, I, I like Solo, and I really grew to like him in NXT when he was more of the, you know, street fighter sort of like on got on the mic was going for the North American Championship and other things. And I think that Solo can is similar to this one. Obviously, this one doesn't speak, but wrestling wise, it's a little. Copy and paste. And I, again, this is sacrilegious to say, but man, the Samoan wrestling style, I don't know. I don't know if I love it, if I'm being honest. I mean, that may be a hot take. I love what they do, but the Samoan wrestling style is getting old, you know, uh, high, you know, super kicks, super kick, uh, chop to the neck, Samoan drop, uh, Samoa drop. Off the top rope, splash, uh, run into the rope, the butt, you know, thing against the the turnbuckle. I'm just like, bro, is there anybody who has a different kind of move set? And I know there's other ones, and I've seen them, but they're usually on the independent scene. They're not actually in WWE. So, man, I'm just like, man, that style just doesn't do it for me, if I'm being honest. Like, it's very, very cookie cutter, very five moves of death type of feel, you know. But... I thought John did a good job. I thought, you know, John Cena versus Austin Theory, that was terrible because it didn't seem like John did not want to be there. Where in this one, it looked like he was happy to be there. I think John Cena also was very happy to be in Saudi Arabia. He hasn't had that opportunity on Crown Jewel before. So for him to go over there and be able to, you know, put somebody over, I think was cool. Um, Solo looked good. You know, obviously he's going to get that, like, he defeated John Cena, rub. But, I mean, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, in our next match, we have the United States Championship match, Logan Paul versus Rey Mysterio. As I'm sure you've seen everywhere on social media, Logan Paul came out with the victory. He's the new United States champion. I am interested now if that means he's going to be on television, you know, every other week. I know it's not going to be week to week, but at least every other week for the time being until he has to defend that title. Um, um, I will say the match was solid. Um, the finish was was interesting too. You know what I mean? You know, if anyone's listened to me, they know I've called for Santos Escobar to turn heel for the longest time. Like going back to freaking, like even back like earlier this year, I've called for him to go. You know, um, you know, go Delgado Des Fantasma, create his own team, maybe even just take over LWO himself again and just you know go bad guy. Uh, go heel. And so he kind of did that, but it was still up in the air. I guess they'll sort that out this Friday on SmackDown, but essentially um, brass knuckles were brought into the match by one of Logan Paul's associates um, during the, you know, melee while Logan Paul had the brass knuckles in his hand, they fall out of his hands, fall out of of the ring. Uh, Logan Paul's associate tries to grab him. Santos jumps out there. You think Santos is like obviously there to help and make sure, you know, no shenanigans going. But then Santos leaves the brass knuckles in the ring in a very convenient spot for Logan Paul to use it and defeat Rey Mysterio with the brass knuckle punch. Um, so again, Logan Paul's a new champ. I'm very interested how they're going to do this week to week. Hopefully, we get Logan Paul at Survivor Series you know, defending his belt. That'd be cool, especially in a Chicago crowd. They're going to eat him alive, which is good. I think he's going to impress them with his wrestling skill. It's just a really good matchup. 
and hopefully gets a really good challenger. Hopefully it's not going to be Santos. Hopefully it's not Logan Paul versus Ray again. But I feel like they're not going to give Logan Paul anybody who isn't like a vet and a general right now. Like they still want him to be in there with, you know, guys who can like lead him through a match. Which I mean, he's proven with him and Ricochet. I don't think Ricochet is some like general who's calling everything. I think he's mainly calls like spots, but he's not like directing a full match. And you know, Logan's Paul showed with that match he can do it without that type of guidance. So, um, like I said, that I'm interested in where it goes from here. Uh, United States title definitely needs a little bit of a new juice for sure. Um, in the women's championship match, this one was very interesting. We had EO Sky versus Bianca Belair. Again, they've always had really good matches. I will say this one fell a little flat, but I think it was also due to again the crowd not cheering for women's wrestling. Like it was, it was a clear distinction. Even in the, um, you know, Seth Rollins versus Drew, they were okay. John Cena's solo one, they were really into that one. Obviously, could do to John, but like. Yeah, this EO versus Bianca, which those two have amazing chemistry. Those two have had some banger of matches before. That that match at Backlash was like almost considered back, you know, match of the year potentially. And yeah, the crowd was not into it at all. And then these fools had the the nerve to have Kari Zane, um, former WWE superstars who is back, um, a Japan, you know, noted noted Japan wrestler who was very close to EO. She came back, helped EO win, essentially, and the crowd didn't give a damn. I was just like, bro, let... And I saw somebody complain about this on um, Instagram, but, like, truly, if they would have just waited, just wait. Don't have Kyrie come back yet. Have her come back yet and just wait until Survivor Series. Chicago is a very pro-NXT town. Um, they like during the whole golden area of NXT, which Kyrie Zane was a part of, they know them people back and forth. So they love Champa, they love Gargano, they love Kyrie Zane, they love all of them who are who are like true NXT gold diehards. And so if she would have showed up during in Chicago versus uh for Survivor Series, bruh, that crowd would have went nuts. But this crowd, oh, she's a woman. Oh, can't can't cheer for her. You know what I mean? That's how they were acting. And he just sucked. I feel like Kyrie Zane definitely deserved a better comeback than that. Um, but yeah, EO retains her championship due to Kyrie Zane's help. And then our final match, the undisputed WWE Champions Universal Championship match, we had Roman Reigns versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I'm sorry. We also, okay. So let me rewind back. The John Cena versus uh, Solo match, I give that a 6 out of 10. Logan Paul versus Ray, I give a 6.5. EO versus Bianca, I give a, I give a 6.5 as well. Due to crowd interaction, it really was a 7, but the vibe wasn't great. Cody versus Damian Priest, which I accidentally skipped over, it was okay. Definitely felt like a Monday Night Raw match. I give that a 6.5. I give that a 6. And then this Roman Reigns versus LA Knight, I give about a six and a half. It wasn't a great match. Um, definitely very formulaic, which I'm I'm usually okay with. It's just again, the crowd was into LA Knight, but it just felt like uh I don't know. It felt like they were into LA Knight more than they were into the actual emotions of the match, like what needed what 
the wrestlers needed from them during the match, you know? And so, yeah, it, again, it was a cool little main event, but, and it was great to see LA Knight on that stage with, you know, going against the, the star, but nah, it, it was, you know, Roman obviously still won, uh, or, uh, you know, still the champ. So yeah. Um, you know, crown for that match. Yeah. Again, I give it, I give it probably a six. Yeah. It just didn't, didn't do it for me. Um, wrestling wise, the whole thing wasn't great. You know, again, I feel like, man, I went to Monday night raw again. I went to Monday night raw about like a month ago. I want to say at the, at a, a Paycom center in Oklahoma city, that thing felt bigger than what crown jewel was at. Like they got to get a bigger arena at crown jewel and they got to, talk to these fans like, hey, man, y'all have been trash. Y'all have a reputation for being awful as far as reacting to things in the mat, in the ring. So y'all got to get that together. Otherwise, you know, we're going to play at a smaller, even smaller arena or something like that. I don't know. But they got to get together over there because London, kicking their ass. Puerto Rico, kicking their ass. Uh, I'm sure in Australia, when they go to Australia, it's going to be crazy. Um, So... Yeah, they got to step it over over there, especially if you get a, you know, a consistent crown jewels becoming a consistent pay per view. Y'all got to step it up. Got to step it up. Now, now that we're done with crown jewel, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. This was honestly one of the best Monday Night Raws of the year. I tweeted out this Monday Night Raw. This episode was one Gunther, one really good Gunther match away from being, you know, the Raw of the year. Um, Gunther didn't wrestle the, tonight. He was kind of just watching from afar for the results of that number one contender match. But like, if you would have had a really good Gunther match, this would have made it raw of the year for sure, for sure. Um, but no, we had again, we had uh, Miz versus uh, Ricochet versus Grunterie versus Ivar four way match. That was really fun. They really let everybody cook. Everybody had about at least 30 to 45 seconds to really cook and show what they can do. Um, Ivar and Brunson, who were really, you know, built similarly, it was really fun to see them kind of do some things um, and show off their athletic ability and also show, like, those two matching up against each other one-on-one. Um, the Miz really got to cook. He had a real cool sequence where he did a springboard splash, then he did up against the ropes, boom, got caught, did the twist around, loop-de-loop, DDT. Then he goes over to Ricochet, hits him with a code breaker on the, on the um, in the turnbuckle, then picks him up, does a little swinging DDT right into it. Like, it was cooking, man. The crowd was really, really into it. So you could definitely tell The Miz is now more of a face. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. The Miz came out with the win. So I'm really excited to see that Gunther versus the Miz rivalry, you know, continue to grow. Because again, those are two of the best intercontinental champions we've had in the last, you know, 20 years. Honestly, 15, you know, 15 to 20 years with the Miz and the Gunther. So, and they had a really good promo battle last week where basically, you know, Gunther was like, Yeah, you know, what I mean, you were okay. You're nowhere near the wrestler I am, but you know, you had your moment in like 2005, you know, so he takes a little digs at him, but man, that matchup's going to be good. I saw some people online like, man, the Miz won. Ivar should have won. Such a such, 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 such
the Miz brings a different vibe to it. And if Miz goes out there and starts cooking against the best wrestler in the world, technically, like the crowd is going to go nuts in Chicago, you know? So yeah, I think they made the right decision with that. The Miz brings a lot of star power. The Miz allows you to do a lot of cool, you know, Miz TV segments and think promo ideas and stuff. So it's really good. Um, so yeah, that was that we're going to have Miz versus Gunther at Survivor Series. Finally, Gunther gets a pay-per-view match at Survivor Series or a pay-per-view match to defend his title. Usually he's defending it on Raw. Um, so I'm really excited to see him again. Very that Chicago is very pro NXT gold, which Gunther was a part of that as when he was Walter. So they're, he's going to be a booed, but people will respect him out there just like as they should. Um, we had the women's Royal Rumble with Zoe Stark and uh, Zoe Stark coming out with the win, which was very surprising. Um, I thought Becky Lynch, I didn't think Becky Lynch would win because I thought, I think they're waiting for Becky versus Rhea at uh, WrestleMania. So they're going to hold off on that. And that's kind of what they did with the Becky coming out, essentially getting hurt uh, due to the, you know, kick from Zia Lee and not be able to participate. That was basically just a diversion to keep her out of the match while, you know, the youngins go at it. So it was, it wasn't the most entertaining women's Royal Rumble match, but it was cool. You know what I mean? It had some solid, and it definitely shows some new talent. New talent got to someone get their time in. Unfortunately, Nia, Zach, Nia Jax was a part of it, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Zoe Stark will be going up against Rhea Ripley at Survivor Series for the title. I'm very surprised they went with the, you know, Zoe Stark so early, but, I mean, technically, She's kind of been here a year. so I mean, not a year, uh, right around a year. And she hasn't had a, a chance yet. She had a big win. Um, you know, she – oh, I'm sorry. You know, Zoe Stark's had some quality wins in singles matches. Um, and so – and obviously she was under Trish for a while. And uh, actually last time we were in Saudi Arabia, I believe, she was with Trish at the Night of Champions. So, yeah, it – I'm excited to see Zoe Stark versus Rhea. I think that could be a good match. Again, I think Rhea sells really well. She's going to make Zoe look good. Um, I'm a little worried about Zoe's personality. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, we got a root for, for Zoe. Like, I think people are going to more root for Rhea. Uh, so it's going to have a kind of a opposite effect. But, yeah, um, should be a fun one. Definitely should be a fun one. But it was definitely an entertaining segment and entertaining match with the women's Royal Rumble. Wasn't the best one I've seen, obviously due to the, you know, Royal Rumbles, actual Royal Rumbles we've gotten. But yeah, it was a very interesting and it's always fun to see a battle royal on like free TV. That's always fun. Um we got to see the Cree brothers who are now officially signed to Raw. So last week they made, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago they made their like debut, but we didn't we weren't sure if they were officially on the main roster yet, like long-term moving forward, and they are. So, three brothers, again, generational talent, man. These two are generational wrestling talent, and so they're going to take over that tag team division. They're going to be everyone's favorite tag team division moving forward. Just the stuff they can do, how fun they are, how strong they are. Um, their finisher is really cool with the Brutus Bomb. Um and so, yeah, the Cree brothers are only moving up. Hopefully they can be tag team champions within the next, you know, two to three months, hopefully. 
just because they, if they continue to get wins and hopefully once they get the belt, maybe even more whatever pay-per-view it is, they can uni- unify the belts and, you know, redo the design. But, yeah, Creed Brothers now officially – so the Diamond Mine essentially is on the main roster, main roster, which is really dope. Um, again, Creed Brothers is some of my favorite wrestlers there are out there. If you know, you've heard me talk about NXT and how good they are there. So I think I only expect the same, you know, on the main roster. Um, again, that final match, we have Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins in that main event. Really good match. Honestly, really good technically sound match. Um, have no complaints. It, it was slow when it needed to be slow. It was physical when it needed to be physical. It sped up when it needed to speed up. Um, so, and, you know, there was some kick out to some finishers, but it wasn't overly done. You know what I mean? And it wasn't too dramatic. So, yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed this match. I like the story they told where Sammy wasn't just like going for the back. You know, he, he didn't want to go against Seth while he was compromised. So he didn't want to, you know, leave that. So he, you know, he didn't do anything vicious towards Seth's back, back to take advantage of, you know, his injury. He kind of just played, played by the rules. Unfortunately, Ended up with a, with an L. I kind of wish he would have fought back a little bit on that. Like, I wouldn't shake Seth's hand after I just lost a championship match again. You know what I mean? I'd have respect for him, but I'm not shaking your hand right now. Uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be very happy. Um, so, um, this led to, yeah, again, Sammy, uh, Seth beat Sammy in a roll up. Uh, solid, not a great finish, but it does protect Sammy. He didn't get like stomped and then one, two, three, like it was a roll up, kind of a confusion roll up into a roll up. And then, yeah, uh, one, two, three. So, um, but Judgment Day comes out there, you know, the four members of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, J.D. McDonough, um, Damian Priest, Dominique Mysterio come out, start attacking Seth and Sammy. Well, then here comes Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes. They start going at it. It's chaos. It's a big brawl. Then the GM, which I'm very happy they have a GM now, Adam Pierce, official GM uh, for both brands. But for Raw, Adam Pierce is like, I'm tired of games, tired of games. We're doing war games. You know, they, if they had um, my boy Regal do it, it would have probably hit a little harder. But either way, I'm super, super excited for war games. Judgment Day versus. Sammy, um, Sammy Zayn, Jay Uso, Cody Rose, and Seth Rollins. Like, those are some of the most over people out there outside of LA Knight, you know. So, really, that's going to be a really fun match. It's going to be a really fun one. And uh, I'm excited for it. And I'm just glad that they decide to go with War Games again. I kind of wanted them to do the NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw, but that's kind of high hopes. Sounds like they might do that next year, maybe, but this year, they're going like with the more traditional look. So, War Games, super excited. Um, Survivor Series in Chicago again. I think it was in Chicago last year as well. It should be a really fun match. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do with the women's and the other, you know, the other divisions. But yeah, the it was a really cool way to end the show. Definitely chaotic. It definitely felt like people were going at war. Um, so. I'm excited for that match, excited for the entire card. You know, you got Miz versus Gunther. You got Zoe Stark versus Rhea. You got a War Games match. 
we're probably going to get a women's war games match. We're probably going to get a, you know, maybe even a, I'm hoping they do a traditional Survivor Series showcase match, maybe at the beginning of the card with, you know, Cree Brothers, Nakamura, you know, Ricochet, and Brunswick. You know what I mean? Just like a very, I hope they do a traditional five on five match with SmackDown. And just, you know, you ain't got to make it the highest stakes. You know what I mean? You can just put the, you can put in people that you want to still be on TV. You don't have to necessarily make it like a crazy, crazy important match, just, you know, or for pride, you know, brand pride, or any of that. You just want to, you know, let these people get on TV and get in front of the camera um, and uh, on a pay-per-view. So I'd, I'd be cool. And Triple H is very, like, he likes history. So I can see him still doing that. I want to say they did something similar to that last year, even though they had a War Games match, but I can't remember all the way. But um, War Games, definitely, definitely excited for it. Um, should be a really good card. And, again, Chicago crowd is amazing. So that you're going to have the crowd feel unlike what we did with Crown Jewel, where it felt like all those people were asleep. So my top five, my top five today is my top five women's wrestlers right now. And again, this is right now, this is my opinion. So number five, EO Sky. EO Sky, technically, we're just going off, off just technical wrestling. I think EO is the best. I really do. I think EO is... The most versatile. She has everything you need. Can jump off whatever. Has a high flying. Has the sl- has the very physical, you know, move set as well. So yeah, EO. Uh, the interest music. Oh, slaps every time. She had one of the greatest NXT Women's Reigns of all time as well. She was going up against the best of the best. And uh, so yeah, uh, number five for me, EO Sky. Now. Number four for me is Bianca Belair. I love Bianca. Bianca's great. Um, there's been some matches with her where they didn't connect with me as well. As, like, essentially, their, her match with EO. But that was more, I think, crowd participation than like, her actual, you know, you know, her actual resume. Um, and awful, Because I think the crowd just, you know, unfortunately – you know, they weren't into it, so it kind of, you know, took you out. It kind of distracted you from what was going on. But uh, Bianca's and EO's match, again, potentially match of the year, the one they had a backlash. So Bianca has a crazy resume. Her and uh, Becky Lynch's uh, SummerSlam match, uh, top tier. Her match with uh, Becky Lynch at WrestleMania was one of the best of all time. So, Bianca is funny, like people on people like Pat who think she can't wrestle. I'm like, bro, did you do you watch her wrestle? Like, do you actually watch her? Like, have you taken her out of the just a good athlete category and been like, okay, I'm actually going to watch her wrestle and then make a decision from there? Because if you've done that, she's clearly has amazing matches after amazing match. Go watch that 2020 uh, Royal Rumble. With her and Rhea uh, ending it at the at the end, amazing match. She did a great job. Even in two thousand uh, in two thousand twenty one Royal Rumble and twenty twenty Royal Rumble, she did an amazing job. Um, obviously, the WrestleMania match with her and Sasha Banks, amazing. Like the girl has a resume. Um, 
I think she has a Hell in a Cell match with Becky, too. That was crazy. Uh, it was a Hell in a Cell match with her and Bailey that was top tier. Um, so, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> Rhea got that's – not, that's not even including her NXT days. So, Bianca got a resume. And it's funny to me when I hear people say she can't actually wrestle. I'm like, bro, what are you watching? Like, just because she's strong and athletic doesn't mean she fits in the category of just an athlete. Like, the girl can wrestle. Um, you know, so number three for me, Rhea Ripley. Um, I've been a Rhea fan since the first time I saw her at the May Young Classic in NXT. I just thought she has a look, she has a strength. She again, she can sell. She sells like a cruiserweight. She sells like you know what I mean. She she sells in a way that you don't think of her as a monster. I don't think she wants to be, I think she kind of wants to be looked at as, okay, she can dominate. Of course, she's no on top. Look at her. But she, you also, sometimes as the, Roman Reigns does this too. Yeah, I'm the big dog. Yeah, I'm the monster. Yeah, I'm the final boss. But I also can sell really well to make other people look good. Again, going up against the final boss. And that's what Rhea does. And so that's, I really like that. I really liked it. Again, she, I, I kind of hope Rhea changes her finisher the riptide is sort of it's cool but i think she's just leveled up to a point to where i think she can if she did a different finisher like a choke slam or something like that very like kane undertaker ish you know if she just hit a chick with a choke slam bruh she'd fold a girl in half and it'd look amazing so um or a power bomb or something you know what i mean something a little more oomph on it just to match her, you know, level up. Um, again, I was a Rhea fan from the beginning. That's when she was a, you know, a baby face. So the character didn't have as much, you know, chisel to it. It was kind of, she was kind of finding her way. She had a little, you know, Bailey-esque, like she was definitely wanted to be a crowd favorite, you know, for the kids and all that stuff. But she was still kind of a rocker too. She had some really cool music and a great look, obviously. So, um, once she got with the Judgment Day, that's when it took off. And obviously, you know, like her being the mommy and the, basically the leader, de facto leader of the Judgment Day, and just being the – and again, I've talked about it numerous times. I won't go to get into the internet fans complaining about Rhea, Rip, Rhea Ripley's championship reign. It's silly at this point. Um, they're just going to think what they want to think. But her mic work, her say, her work on segments in the back – on the back, I, I guess I like her even more. Her wrestling is amazing, but like Rhea Ripley, the character, man, like I don't know if there, there isn't a better character right now. LA Knight is obviously great. But to me, Rhea Ripley's up there with anybody as far as character work. Um, like she's putting on deals with the bloodline, and you legitimately be like, oh, yeah, I mean, she, of course, she's trying to pitch people to join, and she's shaking hands, kissing babies as the leader, of course. You know, you can legitimately see Rhea Ripley being the leader of a men, a majority of men-led faction. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could see that. Where any other woman, you'd be like, I don't know if that works. You know, so Rhea's amazing, man. She's top tier. She's one of the top three most relevant stars in wrestling right now, man or woman. So uh, I'm always a fan. Becky Lynch, for me, number two. Becky Lynch is one of those people that, I didn't have respect for them coming. I, I won't say respect. I didn't I didn't love their wrestling style. I didn't love Becky's wrestling style. I didn't think she could 
I didn't think she could go. I thought she was sometimes due to her unathletic ability. Like she's not very athletic. I thought, okay, she can't hang with the Charlottes, the Biancas, the Rias. You know, she can't hang. Where I learned very quickly in the last couple of years, that's not the case. Her Hell in the Cell matches with with Sasha Banks were some of my favorite matches ever. Her matches with Bianca, like I said. That steel cage match she had with Trish Stratus, that was crazy. There's She had no business making that match as good as it was. No business whatsoever. So that, again, those are the things that put me over with Becky. When she was going up against people who are either younger or older and can't go like they used to, she was leading in, in both categories. She was leading the new up-and-comer. She was like the ring general. Like, I always respect those people who are the ring general in a match, right? Where they're calling things, where they're, you know, making the match, you know, kind of laying the match out. And she did that with Bianca. She's done that, I think, you know, with Sasha, Sasha does that. But when she does it with some of the younger talent, you can tell, again, what she just did with the NXT title, with Tiffany Stratton and going up against um, Lyra Valkyria and all these people, like, Again, it looks really good, and it shows she can go with anybody and can lead anybody into having a great match. That's key to me. And another big thing, she's the best promo in women's history. There's no women's wrestler who's ever been as good as her. She will go down as the GOAT on the mic in the women's division of all time. She will go down as the GOAT. There's no one else who cuts a promo like Becky Lynch. She cuts a promo, and you, you don't even think – there's a woman's talking, the man's talking, whatever. You just like, okay, Becky, the man is talking. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Becky's top two for me. And that's one person I've gained a ton of respect for in the last couple of years. If you would have asked me this two years ago, I'd, I wouldn't have Becky on my, on my list at all. But she's racked up a stupid, a Hall of Fame level resume, honestly. Um, and number one for me, the GOAT, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, to me, changed women's wrestling forever. To me. Uh, American women's wrestling. I think overseas in Japan, they was doing a lot of the same stuff. They were always ahead of us. But American women's wrestling, to me, Sasha Banks is the GOAT. She's the most underrated wrestler of all time to me. She made wrestling. She, when you watch, and I hate to do this, but sometimes when you watch a women's wrestling match, and you're not necessarily watching the elite of the elite. You're kind of watching the people in the middle. It's a lot of timing mistakes, a lot of, like, moves that they do to be safe and very, like, I don't know. They don't understand character work. They don't understand how the match is supposed to go. And, and they, When you watch a Sasha Banks match, that thing is like watching Eddie Guerrero wrestle. You know what I mean? She's just that good at everything. She has no weaknesses in the ring. Uh, again, when I and I've talked to you know when I talked to L when we talked about those that NXT favorite NXT matches of all time, her and Bailey, I mean that's one of the greatest matches of all time. With they were in NXT, bro, like and and Sasha was a heel. She was working as a heel. Um, again, uh, with the Hell in Cell match she had with Becky Lynch, Sasha and Becky, that's one that's legitimately the best Hell in a Cell match I've ever seen. Ever. It was it was hard hitting. It was crazy. Those two were hitting the hell out of each other with stuff. 
Um, but yeah, to me, Sasha, is she changed the game. She pushed the sport forward. She made it to where men go, oh, that girl can go. That girl can go, like, not just because she can do a Hurricane Rana. You're like, oh, yeah, she's a good wrestler. No, like, Sasha can do anything you ask a male wrestler to do. Sasha can pretty much do it from a technical standpoint. Um, she's again, she's the she is the Eddie Guerrero of her time. She is the Kurt Angle of her time. She might not go down as the GOAT, but if you ask somebody who who technically is the best ever, to me it should always be Sasha. Always. Um but yeah. I uh I I, I think Sasha's the best, but the rest on this list is amazing. You know, again, I had EO Sky number five for my top five wrestler, women's wrestlers right now. Number four, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, number three, Becky Lynch is number two, and Sasha Banks, number one. Got to show some love to the ladies. They're killing it. Uh, we're hearing some really good news from WWE that some of the, you know, best Japanese, they call it Joshi, but Japanese women's wrestling talent. A lot of them are like meeting with WWE. So I think Triple H has something up his sleeve as far as, you know, Kyrie Zane, EO Sky. I hate to just throw, you know, I hate when people be like, oh, there's two black wrestlers together. They're going to be in the hurt business. Like I, that gets annoying. So I couldn't imagine being a Japanese woman wrestler and they bring in another Japanese woman's wrestler and people just automatically like, oh, y'all should be in a tag team or a faction. It's like, damn, like let them. You know, let them figure that out. They, just because they're the same race doesn't mean they have to be in a faction together. Um, but Triple H is definitely working with grabbing some women over there in Japan. I want to say in either New Japan or some of the other, you know, promotions out there. And he's meeting with them. And some of them, honestly, dog, as soon as they walk in the door, they top five wrestler in the building. Like as soon as they walk in the door, they can wrestle circles around half these girls. Um, most of the women we saw in that women's battle royal tonight on Monday Night Raw. Um, so I'm very, very excited with what Triple H is doing with the women's division. Uh, I think he is going to balance it out a little bit, give Raw some more talent, maybe Jay Cargill potentially. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But um, until then, folks, I appreciate you tuning in, um, running through Crown Jewel and Monday Night Raw with me. Again, one of the best Monday right Monday Night Raws of the year. It was one Gunther, really good Gunther match away from being the uh, Raw of the year. But go check it out. Really, really good episode. Um, if you want to hit me up, have any thoughts, uh, I'm at Worldwide Willis on Twitter. You can hit me up on the uh, League of Melanated Pod, League of Melanated Gentlemen podcast on um, Facebook. You can hit us on the Facebook group or on Instagram. However you want to hit me up, hit me up. We can talk about wrestling. I'm always down. So um, hit me up if you have, you know, your top five or, you know, your thoughts on Crown Jewel or the latest episode of Raw or what you, you know, maybe expecting from Survivor Series and War Games. But until then, we out. But. <laughs>